Y'all are so quiet, I didn't even know you were out here. <laughs> and I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And we are indeed glad that you're here. Uh, we have nine among us that are uh, have been sent me text this morning of early morning worship, and I think uh, soon are transitioning back from a weekend at Caswell. We want to be remembering them in our thoughts and prayers. Um, I'm excited about many things that are in your bulletin, and I want to call your attention to them. And one piece that I want you to look at, and it's just really information to try to help as we are firming up what 410 is looking like. You know that verse. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied graces. And we want you to understand that this is a, uh, an internal mission trip. This is an opportunity for us to reach out in Christ's love to our community here in the Sanford area. So we're inviting you to be involved in all kind of ways. And you'll see some of them that are listed and some of the things that are happening. You'll see the worship schedule. The time is here. And, and I don't want anyone to think that if you haven't signed up, you can't be a part of it. You might find out that week you can take a day you didn't know you could, and you can come be a part of it. So we're going to try to keep a lot of flexibility. We're excited about what God is doing. And so I hope that gives you some more clarity. Uh, every now and then somebody says, somebody's asking, what's the 410 Project all about? Well, I hope... You begin to understand that, and if you don't know, I would love to be able to sit down and chat with you some about what that looks like. On either side, you'll see a list from our personnel committee. Uh, we have clarified some of the time arrangements and benefits with especially our, well, all, all three of these are with our uh, part-time church staff to, uh, to get that clarity. We're going to be bringing those in two weeks to the business meeting so you can take a chance to, or you can get a copy of that uh, and look over those and so you'll understand what we're talking about when we come to that business meeting. And I want you to know that your, uh, your personnel committee has met, I believe, four, three or four times for a couple of hours each time trying to be uh, fair to our church family, trying to be fair to our staff, trying to to do what we think is the right thing to do and to get this to this point. I appreciate uh, that kind of work that they have invested in getting, uh, getting these documents before you and clarity in those regards. We are most grateful for that. I also want to share with you that on March, uh, I'm sorry, on April the 28th, uh, that's the Sunday after Easter. That's thinking far out, isn't it? Uh, that's going to be our high attendance Sunday. Uh, and Debbie and I were talking uh, this morning, actually. And what Sunday school is, is Bible study. It's studying God's Word. It's, it's coming together to open the Word of God and say, I want to examine my life through the lens of Scripture. And it's a small group. It's folks that are like-minded and maybe like-aged or like in, in life to where you are and it's an opportunity for us to emphasize 
that if we could fill up our Sunday school classes with people studying God's Word and allowing God's Word to penetrate into our every part, it could make a difference. And also, it's a wonderful place to invite people to come to church. So we're going to have high attendance Sunday, and I'd like to start practicing next Sunday, okay? I'd like to start practicing filling up those classes every Sunday with people, inviting people to come and, and be a part of our church and be a part of Bible study. Being a part, don't you, are, you, are any of y'all in a good Sunday school class? Everybody here in a lousy class? Anybody in, anybody in a lousy class? Let, raise your hand. There's four up in the, no, I see one hand. That's a teacher back here, so we pray for him. Uh, no, you're in a good class, right? You're in a good class. Invite people to come and, and have a part of that blessing with you. And that failed. Hang on, Donnie. Put that back on. I'm getting excited here. Okay. Uh, I, I do. I hope you will because we need to be studying God's Word. We need to be studying God's Word as never before, I believe. Uh, I do have a couple of announcements. You'll know there is a uh, shower from 2 to 4 today. Note that. This Saturday, it's not in the bulletin, Quilters will be meeting from 9 to 1. So if you're a part of that ministry, you'll be here Saturday from 9 to 1. And for the Dorcas, please note the change of your time. We're going to be, uh, we have commandeered the fellowship hall for the Jonah study. We'll be in there tomorrow morning uh, at 10. And when we're done, y'all will begin at 11 o'clock. And, and we'll try to help you move stuff if you need us to do that. But... We put a lot in this bulletin. I hope you'll be looking. There are things to, to look in the future, as we've already mentioned. You'll notice next Sunday uh, is our Baptist Women's Day, and we're going to have special music provided along with uh, Phyllis uh, Elvington, and we're excited about that next Sunday. Are there any other announcements that need to come before us? I'm going to get to prayer concerns in a minute. There are no other announcements. I'm on, I'm on my way there. Okay, I don't hear any other announcements. Uh, I will share a word that Jimmy is uh, improving. I saw him this week. He's on a walker, and, and that's great improvement, and we want to keep him lifted up. Tom Luck has had uh, a good couple of days. The surgery they did was much more extensive than they had hoped they would have to do, and not only did they find a tumor on his esophagus, they found two tumors on his esophagus, and they were able to get both of them out, both of them benign, but we want to be continuing to remember Tom. He'd probably be coming home Wednesday from the hospital, and then uh, found out just, just this morning that Jeff Smith, Martha Cagle's brother, suffered a heart attack this past Thursday, Friday. Uh, he is in Chattanooga in the hospital there, and... Uh, uh, it almost was uh, a fatal heart attack, so we are grateful that he is doing well, still having to do some testing, and we want to continue to keep him lifted up in our thoughts and prayers. Again, we are glad that you're here, and as we have come into the very presence of the Lord, would you make this commitment that before you leave today, you'll hear from him. You'll allow God to speak to your heart. You'll make decisions about your relationship with him. And we'll leave this place better equipped 
to be his people. Would you pray with me? Lord, we're here, and we're excited to be here. We're grateful for the privilege of worship. We're grateful for the gift of our nation. We pray for our nation. But we're grateful, Lord, for the freedom that we can come and exercise our faith in freedom. And we thank you for all those that, through the years, through the decades and the centuries, have, have fought for that freedom. Heavenly Father, we are humbled that when we come into this place, we know a vision that was cast in 1905, that we are still the beneficiaries of that. And Lord, we are blessed by the hard work of brothers and sisters from Flat Springs Baptist that have gone before us. And we are mindful of them and their sacrifice and their faithfulness. And we pray, oh God, that we might mirror it in our life as well. Would you speak to us as a congregation? Would you speak to us as individual brothers and sisters, as followers of you, oh God? Because you have a word for us. You have strength to give us. You have hope to impress upon us. You have challenges to give us. And now we're in your, in your presence in this place. And we pray, oh God, that you speak clearly as we lean in to listen. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. stand and sing with me hymn number 521 on Jordan's Stormy Banks.
My dear, most gracious Heavenly Father, we give thanks for all your many, many blessings, dear Lord. And we, we know that through our joy and sorrows, you are with us. Through our good times and our bad, you are with us. Dear Lord, we come today with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, giving you thanks. Dear Lord, we ask that you accept and bless these tithes and these offerings to be used for thy will and service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Number 518, we shall gather at the river.
come on. We want you up here. We'll sit right there. Good morning. How are we today? Good, good. We always ask you a question first thing, but today I'm going to do it just a tiny bit different. Well, goodness, we've got almost all girls. Guess what? You get to answer by yourself. <laughs> I'm going to let ladies go first. I'm going to ask the girls a question. Have you ever seen this really graceful lady dancing or ice skating and you think, wow, I would like to be like that? Have you ever thought that? Or have you ever seen anybody that you'd really like to be like? Have you? No? <laughs> okay. I figured you might have seen somebody and you think, wow, you have, haven't you? All right. How about boys? Football players, baseball players, they look so, he looks so strong and could hit that ball, home runs, and you thought, gee, or, or uh, soccer, I'd like to be like that. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I thought so. Well, that's called an example. Those people are an example to you. That's what Pastor Gary is going to talk about today. They might even become sort of your hero. And even the friends around you or even people you don't know, you see them doing things and you think, gee, I'd, I'd like to do that. Or hear them say something. And you want to do those things too. And it's called following the crowd sometimes. You, you want to be like everyone else. But, oh my goodness, we have to be so very, very careful, don't we? Because... We have to ask ourselves, is what that person doing right or is that person doing something wrong? Just because other people do it doesn't mean it's right, does it? We have to be careful. Things that they say might not be right or it might be right. So we have to be very careful. But guess what? I have a way to help you. I have a way to help you. I'm going to show you something. Tell me about this picture. Who is this? Jesus. That's exactly right. This is Jesus. And he's holding the children on his lap, isn't he? This is Jesus. Well, you know what the Bible tells us? That this is, should be our example. This is our example right here. We should walk in his footsteps. It says that in the Bible. Now, you know, every time we talk about our children's sermon, the Bible is always what we need to go to, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Any kind of problem we have is our answers in the Bible. Well, let me read you a short little verse. It's in 1 Peter 2.21. It says, now listen to what it says. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. How about that? Follow in his steps. So who is our example? Jesus. We should focus on Jesus. So let me tell you about Jesus. Now, I know you already know a lot, but to save time, these are some things that we need to follow in Jesus' footsteps. Jesus was so gentle. Jesus was honest. Jesus was patient. Jesus always kept his promises. So we need to keep our promise, don't we? We need to be honest. 
Jesus forgives, so we should do what? Forgive. He was kind. Jesus committed no sin. He was good all the time. He was good all the time. So try to be the person that God wants you to be and watch who you follow. Let God be your example. Okay? All right, let's have a prayer. Lord, we thank you for sending us Jesus, your son, to be an example for us so we could see what you want us to do. Help these children follow you. Let you be their example so that they will be who, the, who that you want them to be. Let them be careful in their choices. In thy name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. Hear this, the word of the Lord. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Pray with me. Lord, what an example you have set before us. And Lord, I thought as Martha was sharing with the children those attributes of Christ, I, I thought of that sinless attribute. And recognize, Lord, that is an example to follow. And Lord, as we begin to think about following you, we, we realize what a high bar you've set. And we realize how easily we become distracted. And Lord, help us to copy you, to desire to follow you. Would you help us in this moment when our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed in your presence to ask ourselves, who is our example? Who are we following? What are we following? What are we trying to determine happiness and joy and peace and success and fulfillment. Well, Lord, whatever those examples are in our mind and in our heart, that's where our energy is. That's where our passion is. 
That's where our willingness to make changes lies. And so, Lord, remind us that we have been born to be an example of our Lord and Savior, our example, in Jesus' name.
And the people said, God's grace. Wow. I love if you take the letters G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. Wonderful stuff. Powerful stuff. Open in your Bibles with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, we're going to be uh, looking. I'm going to take a reprieve next Sunday as Phyllis will be here. And now Phyllis, Phyllis is going to get in your grill. You know that, right? Y'all were here last year, right? Phyllis is going to shuck the corn, I'm just telling you. But then the next Sunday, I'm going to be preaching on the passage of, that contains 1 Peter 4.10, i.e. the 4.10 project, okay? So I want you to, to know that we've been building up to that moment and to that reality. Before we read the text, I want to, I want to call your attention that just a few verses before now, Paul, uh, Paul, Peter is giving us some pretty deep theology. In fact, the sixth verse we're going to read today is about preaching to the dead. Um, I couldn't make a joke right here, but I'll just let that go. Um, I will let that go. Okay. Um, preaching to the dead, never mind, never mind. Uh, in that, he is teaching us that the gospel is both past, present for everyone who lived, has lived, will live on the planet. That's, that's the message of that. But backing up, he's doing some teaching on baptism, and he, he compares it to Noah in verses, chapter 3, verses 18 and following. And he comes to the place, and I want I, the, the simple teaching I want to do before I read the text is that when he's talking about the suffering of Christ, He's actually talking about the power of the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ. So when we're participating with Christ's suffering, in this verse, although he's writing to people who are beginning to feel the, the impact of suffering for their faith, he's referring to participating in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, just so you know that. I would invite you to stand as a way of honoring the reading of this portion of God's Word. We'll read... 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with this same way of thinking, resurrection thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin so as to live for the rest of the time in the... So, let's try that again. So as... To live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do. And then he gives this list. Living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, and this is where we get... Our thought of an example in verse 4. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in this same flood of debauchery. And they malign you. They come against you. They talk bad about you. But they will give an account to him who's all, who is ready to judge the living and the dead. 
For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that through, though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of this portion of his word. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, give us a word this morning, a word that might penetrate the world that so surrounds us and drowns out your voice in our ears. May we who have spiritual ears hear what you're saying as we listen intently that you might speak to us in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. An example. I saw something the other day. I don't know where they did it. You know how people do all kind of things on YouTube, right? And so apparently they thought this would be funny, and it, they were right. It was. It was pretty funny. They just, folks would be walking down the street, and most of these folks were in cities, and all of a sudden, from the way, as you're walking this way, coming the other way, around that corner, at a high rate of speed, with a look of sheer terror on their face, would come a person running just as fast as they could towards you. And to watch the people, there was nothing going on. But they didn't know that. Now, what would you do? If you were walking down the street of Sanford and all of a sudden around the block, here comes somebody running as hard as they could the other way. Well, there were all kinds of reactions. I thought of that. And I thought of something else on YouTube. Uh, the RAs last week left a, a Rubik's Cube here. Now, in the day, I was good with a Rubik's Cube, okay? But I realized when I picked it up, that day had passed, okay? But thank God for YouTube. And I want you to know that I can solve the Rubik's Cube again, okay? Because there was an example of how to do it. I want you to know I changed the water pump on my washing machine, and it worked thanks to YouTube, you know? Uh, my wife and I both prayed awful hard before we cut that water on, but it worked. It worked. And you, you can take something you have no knowledge of. They, they diagnosed it for me, told me what it would do, told me where I could get one, told me how to put it on, told me a couple things I better do that if I didn't, I'd be in trouble. And it worked. That example was a good example. Each one of us, as we were growing, and our children, they're choosing examples. They're choosing people. And I, I know that sometimes they don't always get the right word from us. They, they try to. I, I heard a story about a little boy that was doing a play, a presentation, and he was there, and his mom was so proud. She was on the front row. And it got to his time, and 
Lo and behold, you know what he did, don't you? He forgot his line. He, he just, and you, he, have you ever seen somebody forget their line? Do you know that look they've got and, and the air kind of goes out of the room? And, and mom was there and mom knew his line, okay? Mom had his line down pat. And so she leaned in and she said very quietly, I am the light of the world. And it's like the light went on and he threw his shoulders back and he said, my mom is the light of the world. <laughs> and all the women said, yeah, yes, yes. I, I wanted to throw that to you. Uh, they listen. And, and what that little story tells us is they don't always understand, do they? Some of the examples you and I have chosen, we who are adults, to, to follow they may have led us the wrong way. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is talking to young Timothy. He is quickly trying to prepare this young minister who's probably 30 years old or older to take his place because Paul seems to have the knowledge that his time on earth is coming quickly to an end. And so he gives him this one verse, but it's a powerful verse that... He, he's saying, although you're going to be challenged because you're my younger protege, I want you to know, he says these words, let no one despise you for your youth. Young people, don't ever let anybody despise you for your youth. But I want you to hear what he says. But set the believers an example. In speech. In conduct. In love. In faith, and impurity. Hear those again. Set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. What we say matters, speech. What we do matters, our conduct. In how we connect with people, our love, it matters. What we believe, our faith, matters. And our morals our purity, it matters. Peter is trying to, to encourage these folks to stand firm in the faith and to be an example in the midst of folks who are going to chastise them. And so he says, if you're going to be an example, you've got to begin by thinking the right way. How you think. Be an example in thinking. He says that in, in, in our text today when he says, uh, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with this same way of thinking. Someone said, as a man thinks, so is he. And, and, and that's true. <clears throat> Think of what is occupying your mind right now. Think of, uh, of the agendas that are challenging for your attention. Think of the things that, that drive you. Think of the things that you love to do. When we begin to give those to God, it begins to change what we do. To see the world through the power of the resurrection is a new day. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm going to say. And, and Paul said it. If the resurrection is not true, we're idiots, you and I. We're just dumb. I, I, I know that's hard language, but it's true. 
If all there is is this world and, and living in it for, for three score and ten or four score and ten, however, whatever that is, man, why are you wasting your time in here? But if this is true, if the resurrection is true, if the resurrection in eternity is a reality, then we need to hear what Peter said. We need to change the way we're thinking. We need to change what's important. We need to change our priorities. We need to change our example of what we see. Martin Luther, the great reformer, the, the one who nailed the, the 99 theses on the, on the uh, Vatican door, was asked in 1522 to preach a service for a minister, a pastor that died, Reverend Nicholas Hossman. And in that eulogy, he made one statement that everyone remembered. In fact, we even remember it now in 2019. Luther said of, Alec, uh, of Nicholas, what we preached, he lived. What we preached, he lived. I, I might say it a different way. What we teach on, in Sunday school, he lived. What we proclaim from the pulpit, he lived. What we sing in the hymns, he lived. He lived his faith. Be an example. Let it change your, your thinking. Then be an example in transitioning. And that's what Peter really gets to. He's encouraging them in a wonderful way to begin to change their actions because we know actions speak louder than words, don't they? He's challenging the church, Peter is, to live in the light of the resurrection, to live as though this is not all there is, to understand that we are created down here, but we are saved to live up there, that we are put in this place and this is our mission field this is an opportunity. I, as the choir was singing that, Grace, Grace, as we sang those, those songs of, of crossing the river, uh, gathering at the river, those beautiful songs that, that God is telling us, it doesn't matter how bad it gets down here. It doesn't matter how hard it gets down here. It doesn't matter that death is a reality in an earthly bo body. live differently because you're not created for down here you nor I but we're created for up there live in a transitioning he says it'll surprise him when's the last time your fate surprised somebody you work with when's the last time that, that's what he said isn't it did, did you hear what he said he said with respect to this when they see you not involving yourself in living the way they live in the sensuality, in the passions, in the drunkenness, in the orgies, in the drinking parties, in the lawless idolatry. With respect, they are surprised when you don't join them. And brothers and sisters, let me just tell you, when we do join them, when we do join them, we become an example, but not one of Christ. Not the one that we long to be, that we need to be, that our world needs us to be. Be an example of transitioning. Maybe today you're here and you're struggling with some area of your life because the world's got a grip. You know what I mean? The world's got a grip. The world has influence on us. 
The world is, 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 is there all the time. You can't hardly walk down the street without being influenced by the sensuality of the way our culture lives, by the way people dress. By the, women dress modestly, I just tell you. It's okay to dress modestly. It's the right thing to do. Don't, don't live in this world that so desires. And I know who, I know the examples that we want to follow. I, young people, I know the examples, the cool clothes that, that they want you to wear, the, the cool things they want you to listen to, the cool things that, and probably saying cool is not cool anymore, but whatever. You're with me on that, right? You know, you got, you got to choose tomorrow. Each of us do. From the youngest to the oldest, we've got to decide who's our example. What are we going to follow? Because being an example is not only about our thinking and transitioning our behavior, but it's understanding that we're called to live in what I call the trenches. Live it out in, in your daily work. In 1 Peter 2.21, he says, For to this you've been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow those steps. Could we pray today, Lord, help me not to embarrass you this week. Lord, help my words not embarrass you this week. My deeds not embarrass you this week. Oh, I know I need to pray that prayer. Do you? I believe we need to understand. And I was thinking of an example, of a, of a metaphor, and I thought of one that we're exactly the opposite of, and it's NFL football, okay? Now, NFL football, I don't know a lot about NFL football, but my guess is I watch it on Sundays. That's about what I know, but I know they practice really hard. My guess is, you know, they're doing something right now, and the season's over, right? And it doesn't start till the fall. But during the, during the time they're playing, I know, I know they work hard all week in order that they can put their best foot forward for a couple of hours on Sundays. That's what they do. And I want you to see that church is just the opposite. You see, when we're really doing church right, we work hard for a couple of hours on Sunday that we can put our best foot forward all week as we walk in this world and share the love of Christ with the world. We, we gather to worship. I think it's vitally important what we do because I know that God says where two or three are gathered in his name. And since 1905, folks have been gathering in this little spot of deep river to hear God, to listen to God, to understand what God says so we can go out and make a difference in our home and in our community. That's where our challenge is, isn't it? We need to understand that importance. I've shared this before, but it's the most powerful two examples of being an example that I know. A woman who made sure everyone knew she was a, a church member and a Christian, but she was always negative. She was always hateful. She was always selfish with her time. She always was at church, but she was always critical of others. She was always about herself. 
was told one night in a dream that Jesus was going to come to visit her. Oh, she was excited. And when she opened the door for her special guest, there at her door stood a horrid, wretched, frightening, monstrous-looking creature. And as she shrank back, and in horror she cried, Who are you? I was looking for Jesus. The reply came, This is the Jesus others see in you. Hear the second example. A a pastor was preaching on the attributes of God, of how he was loving and helping and faithful and caring and forgiving. And after the service, a little boy who had listened more intently to that sermon maybe than any sermon ever before, seven or eight years old, began to process those attributes of God and and what God was like and who God looked like and, and what God must be like. And suddenly, he went up to one little saint in the church, one member of the church, that, that member that was always faithful, who took seriously her call, who tried to never embarrass Jesus. And that little boy came up to her and said, excuse me, are you Mrs. God? Are you Mrs. God? Because he saw in her An example of one who was following her example. Of one who surprised a seven-year-old. But when he heard what God looked like, he could see it in her. I never have forgot those two stories. I preached that, those two sermon illustrations the first time when I was about 16 years old. Two or three years ago, amen? (laughs) But I think they stand in the stark contrast of what we're called to be and what we're called to do because it's important. And that's what Peter wanted to tell the church. He said, even though it's tough out there, even though it's difficult out there, even though it'll be easier To not be an example, be an example. Even though it'll be easier to be quiet, don't be quiet. Even though it'll be easier to go along, to get along, don't go along. Even though it'll be easier to compromise, don't compromise. As we come to this moment, I just wonder, What's God saying? So I want to take us back to the story I started with. Moms, you are the light of the world. Dads, 
You are the light. Young people, you're the light at Lee or Southern Lee or wherever you may go to school. The light that illuminates Deep River is the light that comes from Flat Springs Baptist Church. So I'm going to stand with that little boy and I'm going to throw my shoulders back and I'm going to proudly say we are the light of the world. You don't think so? Listen to what Jesus said. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, your good deeds, your example, and glorify your Father that is in heaven. Born to be an example of our example. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, in just a moment, it's time to make decisions again. Oh, we make decisions every day, every moment, but we're making a decision right now, Lord, because we have been baptized by your Holy Spirit in this place. We have sung the praises, we have prayed the prayers, we have opened your word, we have looked into it and invited it to look into us, and now, Lord, there is one decision that we need to make about how we're going to be an example that will influence all the other decisions that we will make. So I don't know what the need is here, but I know there's need here. So we'll open your altar, Lord. I know there are those that need to follow in obedience in some area of their life. And so we'll call this a hymn of invitation. And we will invite whosoever to come. And Lord, may each of us, before we leave this place, make sure we know in our heart of hearts that we are being an example in speech and in conduct, in our faith and in our love. Heavenly Father, and in our purity. Give us your full forgiveness and wash it over everyone who asks. And may we leave today with a clean slate, a second chance, the full freedom that forgiveness brings when we've been restored into right relationship. And may we live out our example that others might ask us, are you Mrs. God? In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Our hymn of decision is page 417, Trusting Jesus. This morning, I don't know what your need is, but I know this altar can meet your need because the Holy Spirit of God is in this place. Whatever you need to do, would you, as we stand together and sing?
You are in my thoughts and prayers today and all week. And I pray that as we leave this place that we will go out and do those things that we need to do and be those people that we need to be that we might share the love of Christ. So now as we leave this place, may we do so in God's peace and in his power and in his abiding presence that we might be his people, his example people, in the midst of all his people. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for Jesus who came and lived a perfect and holy life and through his strength and his example we can do more help me oh God to be more like Jesus more like the master I would ever be guide us and direct us into the highways and the byways where the fields are white unto harvest and the harvesters are few. May we be busy about kingdom work this week in all that we say and do. And our prayer is in Jesus' name. Amen.